passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Okay, let's get to another question here. At Top Shot Yoda tweets, what do you think RJ's ceiling is? Is it crazy to think he, uh, it could be Jalen Brown? What parts of his game could he unlock to get there? So I'll give it to you first on that one, Tommy. What do you see RJ's ceiling in? Um, if it is fairly high, what does he have to do to get to that point? Yeah, I would say Jalen Brown's probably too high. You're talking, you know, Jalen Brown's a consistent uh, all-star at, at this stage of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only a couple, a few years older than than, than Barrett. Um, I, I think, obviously, the key with, with RJ is, you know, on the offensive side of the ball is to become more efficient. Um, again, you know, over the last two seasons, he's one of only two players to average more than 16 uh, field goal attempts per game and have an effective field goal percentage below 48%. Um, he's been one of the least efficient shooters, high volume shooters in the NBA over the past three years. And basically since he entered the league. Um, and again, part of that is as a 19 year old, 20 year old kid, but the more concerning data is, is of late of, of these last two years in particular um, on the flip side of the coin, we saw the second half of last season, this, the final, you know, basically seven weeks of the year after the all-star break averaged close to 24, five and five shooting above 40% from three. Um, we just have these wild swings where, where RJ will look like Jalen Brown one night and then look like, uh, you know, uh, an aging Evan Fournier for, for three weeks in a row. So, um, yeah. it, you know, and, and especially defensively, those are things, you know, those are kind of effort plays. Um, if you're looking to buy, you know, and, um, you know, if you're looking to look at the bright side of RJ, professionalism, you know, he's going to come, you know, he's going to work hard. Um, he's always said and done the right things. Um, as a teenager drafted to the Knicks with a number, number three pick, a lot of pressure, never let that get to him. Um, has approached the game the right way, never made headlines for the wrong reasons off the floor, which isn't easy to do in New York. Um, so there's a lot to like there in terms of the character and the kid, um, but we need to see it translate onto the floor. Yeah, I think when it comes to RJ ceiling, uh, I, I would probably 
places somewhere along the lines. Because I think the best way to think about it is, what is he on a championship team or a championship caliber team? So I would say early in the, earlier this year when we started this podcast, I said I think he could be a number two. I'm leaning more towards probably a number three, which isn't terrible. I mean, Andrew Wiggins was a number three on a championship team. He went the All-Star game last year and had a great season. So I think that's probably closer to his ceiling. Um, I, there's maybe with the caveat, if your number one is Giannis, could be number two, maybe. Uh, I think to me, though, in terms of him getting to that ceiling, and I talked about it, I think, on one of the last podcasts we recorded, I think RJ needs to get in better shape. Like I, I, I'm going to stay on that 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 tune. I'm not saying that he's out of shape. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying the 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 physical conditioning needed to be the two way monster that we think RJ has shown the capability to be. When I look at those guys, I look at their conditioning, and I mentioned Jalen Brown when we talked when I last had this conversation. Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, guys of that nature. Uh, those guys uh, can play hard every single possession. Those guys don't take possessions off. Those guys. If you watch them play, they don't ever look tired. It's like it's incredible. And when I watch RJ play, sometimes, I, especially defensively, it's not just looks like he doesn't have his legs. And I think that that comes from uh, continuing to mature in his body. I think that comes from overall improving his conditioning. So I, I would say this offseason, next few offseasons, and I hoping Tibbs does this as I said on one of our last shows. He needs to be challenged. He needs to come in in the best physical conditioning of his life. He's entering the prime of his career. So uh, that would be my challenge to RJ. I think that that's what would get him there. Are, yes, there are things about his offensive game that he can improve. I think that he should, he, he kind of abandoned the mid-range jump shot. He actually got pretty good at that during his second year. I'd like to see him get back to getting uh, hitting that mid-range jumper. Um, I think that there's certainly some uh, uh, moves maybe he could even improve in the post, considering he gets a lot of mismatches. I think that he should be able to punish smaller guards even more than he does. But I think the first part is come in next season in the best shape of your life, and then we can kind of figure out the actual game, parts of your game that we need to fix. I think that there there's stuff there we've seen. He's still a 22-year-old average in 19 points uh, in the NBA. You know, so it's not like he's somebody that's some bum. He, he has a, a decent platform here. I just need him to see what is that, what do you look like if you're in the best shape of your life? That's why I want to ask for RJ Pat. So that'd be my question. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, I think the thing you like about RJ's is relatively high floor. You know, he's not going to, yeah, you know, exactly. Only- becomes a little more efficient he's going to be you know he's going to do enough um to to, to contribute to winning basketball you, you hope yeah exactly and now here's another question on rj this is from um tv critic and film critic uh for rolling stone adam seepenwall who tweets do you think the rest of the league recognizes that rj is kind of bad at most things on a basketball court or at least that when his shot is falling off he's really bad or do you think he have real trade value this summer <laughs> I'm not sure about all those stuff about him being so terrible, but I, the one question, the part of the question I liked about was the trade value aspect for RJ Barrett and would he have a lot of value? I think he still does. I think that because he, he he's young again, he's 22 years old. I think he'll turn 23 in June. Um, he has a lot of these uh, compiler stats that when, you know, you talk about what he's done throughout his career, a lot of guys his age have not done that. I think he has a pedigree that I think a lot of teams will respect. And, Look, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, but like 
I think that team's Knicks will be able to sell the team. Hey, this is a guy who was a clear third option on a team that did X in the regular season and did X in the playoffs. Uh, just like they were, they they could sell in the second season. He was the second best player on a team that got the fourth season. Like I think there are certain things about RJ Bass' career, what he's accomplished. That I don't think he'd have no value. Um, do I think that he could be the centerpiece for a trade that gets you a top ten player? No. Um, but could he be a centerpiece for a trade that gets you a top thirty player? Yeah, I think he could. You probably throw in a couple of picks to, to to include there. But I, I think that his contract isn't terrible. He's not signed some crazy super max deal. He has a reasonable contract. He's still really young. And he has all of the makings of a guy who wants to be great. So I think that the right team that is offloading a star that is not winning somewhere could absolutely say, give us RJ and give us some draft capital and we'll talk. So I think his trade value is still pretty decent. But what do you think? Yeah, um, I, I I think, yes, I think he does maintain trade value. Again, you mentioned the counting stats. Um, you know, one of the reasons Nick fans were so high on him coming into this season was his production in those counting stats. He's one of only five players in NBA history with more than 3,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 5,000 assists, and 203 uh, pointers before turning 22. The other four players in this club, LeBron, Doncic, KD and Kobe Bryant. So in terms of, you know, statistical production, um, you know, early in his career, RJ's right near the very top. But again, you talk about the, then on the flip side of the coin, you talk about the inefficiency. Um, There are 49 players averaging at least 16 shots per game this season. Barrett is one of only two shooting below 45% from the floor, below 35% from downtown and below 75% from the free throw line. So when you have a guy with the usage rate that high, who takes that many, who takes that usage rate is the, the number of possessions that, that end in either a field goal attempt or a turnover. Um, and, and again, Barrett's, you know, near, you know, in the, in the top, you know, I think 75% of the league in, in terms of, um, you know, usage rate. When you have a guy that's that high, when you combine that high usage rate with that low efficiency, that's how you hurt your team. And, you know, the numbers reflect this. Last, um, let me see, I have the, the, the data written down here. Last 12 games before the All-Star break, the Knicks were outscored by 83 points with Barrett on the floor. Um, you know, so that's a minus 83, um, you know, plus minus, in con- you know, in contrast, um, in that same stretch of games, Emmanuel quickly was plus 42, um, you know, mm-hmm. kind of circling back to our other conversations. So when you factor in and again, uh, RJ spent a lot of that time on the floor alongside Randall and, and Brunson. Um, so, you know, in terms of winning basketball, it, it, you know, Barrett's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Um, but again, you factor in the the age, uh, the potential ceiling there. All it takes is one GM to believe we can unlock, you know, w- w- you know, we've seen flashes again. We saw the second half of last season, um, a guy that was 22 years old, you know, 21 and a half years old, averaging 24, five and five for a solid six week stretch for a 20 game stretch. Those guys don't come along very often. Um, yeah. So I think, um, you know, in the rights, in the, again, for a rebuilding team, um, you know, for or for a team, you know, potentially that, you know, feels that, you know, he would slot in perfectly as like kind of the third banana, um, th- then, you, then I think you their teams would be interested. Um, but I think his value has decreased, you know, in, in the past six months. Um, so that's obviously of concern. We'll see how he closes out the season. We'll see how he performs if and when the Knicks advance the playoffs. And all those things will factor into his value, um, you know, in, in July of, uh, of 2023. And the other thing to keep in mind here is why I think it's a very relevant question. 
is when Josh Hart, you know, when he makes his decision whether he's going to be a long-term piece of the Knicks going forward, yeah. um, you know, that 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 could further um, the talks and, and make R.J. even more, um, you know, I don't want to say the Knicks, certainly the Knicks aren't going to give him away. Um, you know, he's the player they drafted. They committed to him with a long-term contract, you know, a few months ago. Um, he's certainly part of their plans going forward. Uh, but the arrival of Hart, um, is is it makes it at least uh, more feasible for them to, to to potentially part ways with Barrett? Yeah, it will be definitely an interesting thing to follow. It feels like when you look at the team, and I'll, I'll admit Tommy was the, maybe the first person on this as the team developed the season. You looked at the picture and said, "All right, there's a guy here who maybe doesn't fit, and the Knicks are building towards something that's good." It feels like it's Barrett. And I'm as big a Barrett fan as anybody, but it's it's I think it's undeniable to see it that way right now. Um, shot I don't know who this is, so f- I, forgive me. Someone posted it on Twitter. It was shout out to them who did it last year after Julius Randle signed his contract and had that miserable season last season. It was Clyde Frazier, I think, who came out and was like, "Julius is going to have a bounce back year. He needs to understand what it takes to be a leader. What it takes." The pressure comes with that contract, and next year he'll come in right shape and right mind, and he'll play great. And he's been outstanding. I'm hoping Clyde can do the same thing for R.J. Barrett uh, at the end of this season. I know a couple weeks ago he said that he was uh, the worst defender on the team, and apparently that had got back to R.J. Uh, and I think it was Ian Bates who mentioned that that uh, R.J. got wind of that, and that he's aware. Well, whether he liked it or not, I can't believe it. I can't imagine he liked it. But uh, that Knicks as a whole were aware. I'm hoping that um, that that kind of this kind of first rough season we see Marjorie post contract, which they do what we saw last week. 